You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross joined by Father Jason Leffer, priest of the Diocese of Fargo. What a pleasure it is to be with you, to be able to uh, have these conversations. And we're so grateful that you have joined us. And so we have uh, one more segment here that we're going to dive into today as uh, another author with a great uh, contribution um, that he is making to us. Um, the name of the book is God's Ongoing Gifts to the Church, Issues Confronting Ecclesial Movements and New Communities. And if you thought that that title is a handful, this gentleman's name is also a handful. Forgive me if I mispronounce it. Father Nilsen <laughs> Leal de Sa, welcome to uh, Real Presence Live. Thank you so much, Father James, Father Jason. Uh, I'm so happy to be with you, and uh, the pronunciation is very good of my name. Oh, and, you're, too, uh, you're too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I, I'm, I have a big accent also. My, my family is from Portugal, so I have a big, strong accent. So you, <laughs> currently you're in the Archdiocese of Denver, is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. So you uh, have yeah. our, our you have our former spiritual father, Archbishop Aquila, was our our bishop oh. here in Fargo for a number of years. Oh, and so really wonderful. We yeah. we we only let you have the best of things. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, no, Father Nielsen, are you are you with the community of Beatitudes? Is that your where you come from? Yes, yes. Can, the community of the Beatitudes is a new community in the church. This year, we are celebrating uh, the. 50th jubilee of the of our foundation and i think that uh, the most famous member of my community is father jacques philippe so he wrote a lot of books translated yes, in, yes. in america time for god uh, interior freedom etc so, yeah. we, we are in, we are in the same community <laughs> so I had I had yeah, the privilege. I in back in 1994, I spent a summer in Europe, and I I had about mm. uh, three weeks of being able to pray and and relate to members of your community. Uh, there, and it was a very very powerful uh, spiritual mm. experience for me, and I was very grateful for that experience. Yes. So here in Denver, we have a parish for now. I think uh, 20 years now. And uh, so I'm a I'm teacher also in the seminary here in Denver, so John Vianney Seminary. So what, br- just briefly, Father, what, what is your history? How, how did you get your calling to community life? How did, how did that arrive in your own life? Uh, so uh, thank you for your question. So I was a student in Rome as a lay person many years ago, and uh, so I was doing my college degree in philosophy as a lay member, a lay person. And I met uh, some members of the community in the university, and uh, so they, so their way of life, their vocation of prayer, their apostolate, so attracted me. So, and I decided to enter uh, when I was in Italy, in Rome. So I was just 19 years old. I, I was very young. I finished my college degree in philosophy, a bachelor. And I entered the community, and now I'm 40, 49, so 30 years after I'm still in the community of the Beatitudes. Because <laughs> I, I know we'll be speaking about charism and community life here, but what, what was it that attracted you to community life and community living? So, yeah, so uh, in the community of the Beatitudes, we have uh, this communion of the states of life, 
It means, so from the beginning, we have lay people, we have uh, 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 priests in the community, and also we have consecrated persons, uh, brothers and sisters. And uh, so I was attracted by this reality. I felt that I was in a in a ecclesial ecclesial community, an ecclesial face of the church, you know, because uh, in the church you have all these three kind, uh, these three categories of uh, of uh, states of life. Uh, and I met this in the community, and I, I felt that it was very balanced for me to live, uh, to share times of prayer together, to uh, have time together of apostolate, so or uh, to have uh, some uh, relaxed times together also. Uh, so yes, I think that the what attracted me the most in uh, in this new charism of the, of the community of the Beatitudes, it was also this reality of uh, communal life, community life, uh, with all the states of life. Very good. Um, mm -hmm. Now, when we're talking about this uh, this book that you have published here, God's ongoing gifts to the church. Where did this uh, Where did this idea for the book uh, come from? What was it that inspired you uh, to write it? Yes. Uh, so uh, the the idea came from the reality of my uh, vocation in a new community in the church. But also, uh, so I spent 20 year, 21 years in France, four years in Italy, two years in Africa, one year in Asia, and now I'm here in America. So I saw a lot of uh, 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 new realities coming out or, uh, in, in the church. So and I saw that they uh, they have uh, they are signs of hope for the new evangelization for the salvation of souls. But also sometimes they have uh, they struggle with difficulties. For example, to receive an approbation from the from uh, from the local bishop or. Or sometimes they they are discerning how to organize their daily life or how to to do their statutes, canonical statutes. I mean, I can a lawyer. So and uh, so it, the idea came from my experience of life. At, at first of all, uh, having a lot of experience with uh, in different countries, but also uh, with my my formation. So the, with this desire to to help. Uh, to discern what's new, what's really new, and how to organize uh, or to avoid some um, some mistakes that's possible always in human realities also. So you, you're, um, there's a focus in your book on charisms, and we'll get into that specifically in a moment, but what, so like your your own community of the Beatitudes, what, what, what would you, how would you say, what's the charism of your own community? <laughs> uh, yes, so... First of all, the name of the, this expression, charism, uh, recalls that uh, so it, it is a gift from God. So, and uh, uh, I, I think that uh, for many centuries, for example, many religious orders, they have some uh, lay people affiliated uh, with their, their orders. And um, uh, from uh, from last century, from the last century, we see also that uh, uh, lay people they are not maybe a third third order linked with a, a religious order, but they have also a new a new vocation, a new charisma. For example, for Colari or Neocat or maybe I don't know charismatic renewal, they have a different. Uh, uh, realities with lay people, lay people members of this 
new movements of community. So, uh, and the community of, of the Beatitudes, so it started with the lay people also, with a desire of holiness, a desire of union with God, a desire with, uh, to serve the church. So they have this, they have this desire, this ideal to serve the church, to follow Jesus and to, to serve the church. And from the beginning, from this group of late people, so also other other vocations came, religious vocation and the priesthood. So the charisma of the community is this uh, vocation of prayer, a, 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 voca- a contemplative vocation for each member of our community, lay member or consecrated person or priest, but also uh, openness to the to the needs of the church. So when we a bishop he asks us to get, come to a diocese. We don't have a specific uh, activity, but we are open to what the what is the need of the diocese, what they they want, what uh, to this, to serve the new evangelization. Finally, so yes, the charisma of the community is this communion between uh, uh, different states of life and uh, desire this desire of union with God and also to serve the the the, the church in the in different ways. Uh, yes, in Africa, for example, we have hospital. We have uh, uh, also in France we have retreat houses. We here in America we have these parishes. So we have a lot of dif- dif- different apostolates. So are are there very very specific charisms that a community would surround or be built upon, or or is there unlimited? I mean, is it just how, like can people themselves invent their own charism, or is it specifically of the Lord, or is there just certain ones, or how, how does that work? So, yes, in the community of the Beatitudes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. or, or just in general, even, just in general. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, in general, it's very, very open, so you see... Um, uh, the newness of these new charismas uh, that came, uh, that uh, emerged, that uh, that came uh, in the last century, it, it is in this dynamism of uh, evangelization. I think that the also the Second Vatican Council confirmed, uh, in many ways, this kind of uh, desire, this kind of need uh, to 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 bring Jesus for. Uh, a new world for a new society, a changing society. And uh, I think that uh, many of these new groups, of these new communities, of these new ecclesia movement, they have this vocation uh, for to serve the new evangelization because, uh, yes, uh, we needed to bring Jesus to the heart and to bring, uh, um, yeah, so this, uh, the, the salvation of Jesus to uh, each person. And so, but also they, they work a lot of the, uh, 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 in the difficult situations sometimes with uh, poor people or uh, with families, with youth activities. So it's a very, very open um, uh, reality. So thanks God. <laughs> so it's a wonderful support for uh, in many in many particular churches, in many dioceses. They became um, these groups, these movements, these ecclesial movements, and the new communities. They became a very, a very strong, a very uh, important reality for for this, for this kind of new evangelization, same with youth groups or etc. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's important, it's uh, helpful for many of our listeners to, to hear about this because in a lot of the areas in our network here, uh, the Real Presence Radio Network, there is yeah. little or no exposure to, you know, this reality of uh, uh, these mm-hmm. uh, new, uh, you know, ecclesial movements and various communities. So we're going to be stepping aside just briefly for a break here. Father Nilsson is with us uh, from the community of the Beatitudes, and the name of his book is God's Ongoing Gifts to the Church, Issues Confronting Ecclesial Movements and New Communities. We'll continue the conversation after this. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Good day to every one of you who are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, and I'm assigned at St. Joseph's Catholic Church. And one of the things that I have found in my assignment is that I wanted to become more friendly, to get to know St. Joseph more. And one of the things in just in Joseph's name, J-O-S-E-P-H, if you take that name, Joseph is just. O, that he's obedient. S, that he was silent. E, that he's an example. P, that he was a parent, the parent, the foster parent of Jesus. And H, husband of Mary. What a wonderful thing to imitate this good, holy man that the Father in heaven chose for his foster father here on earth. And so, have a devotion to St. Joseph. Come to know him. Come to know his intercession as he brings us and leads us always ever more closely in a relationship with the Holy Family. This is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Many times every day in our office, I see children whose eyes don't work the way we take for granted. If the eyes aren't working together as a team, aren't jumping back and forth appropriately, or aren't focusing correctly, children will fall behind in academic and athletic performance. Lumen Vision specializes in treating these eye movement issues through a process called vision therapy. You can learn more about vision therapy on our website, www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, for our final segment here of uh, Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer, pleased to join you here from our Grand Forks studios. And we are in the midst of a conversation with Father Nilsson, who is a, a member of the community of the Beatitudes, currently teaching at the seminary in Denver. And his book is entitled God's Ongoing Gifts to the Church, Issues Confronting Ecclesial Movements and New Communities. Yeah, so so for all of our listeners out there, maybe, maybe it, it would be helpful to maybe just st- step back and define a few words so that you know what language we're using here. So, 
the word ecclesial means of the church ecclesial mm-hmm. movement means that the holy spirit is inspiring a person or a group of people to mm-hmm. come together mm-hmm. in the name of christ the holy spirit and the charism means a gift of the holy spirit a particular expression yes. that 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 group of people are committing together in christ and the holy spirit to bring about and so mm-hmm. what what your your book is addressing here father nilson is that it, it's that this isn't magic. It's not easy. And if even though the uh, Holy Spirit in the Second Vatican Council has called for these new movements to come together and so forth, um, oftentimes these ecclesial movements can blow up and fall apart before they ever actually get together and become uh, a healthy expression in the church. So could mm-hmm. you bring our listeners in? Um, what what is that like to be part of a burgeoning community, and how does one go about becoming established in the context of the Catholic Church? Uh, so, of course, uh, uh, when uh, a charisma is given to the to a, a person, for, to a group, especially to create a new reality, so is necessary is necessary a discernment, of course, a, dis- a discernment also. From the church, so because so is the authority of the church, the local bishop that is in charge to discern and to uh, to welcome what the what new what what is new in this new in these realities. So yes, I think that uh, uh, sometimes it's a big challenge. For example, for new realities, for ecclesial ecclesial movements, for new communities. Is a challenge this relationship between uh, a group, a, a group uh, uh, that is beginning a, a new reality, and uh, the bishop. Sometimes a new group, they think that they are the solution of uh, all the problems of the church. They think that they have uh, maybe the, the the best solution for I don't know what for evangelization or for the struggles in the in the diocese. So and uh, so they like sometimes. Uh, this humility to accept also the discernment and also to accept that in the church you need to work in communion with other realities, with, tra- with um, uh, religious orders, with the um, uh, administration or, or the, the diocesan curia. So, yes, I think one of the challenges of these new realities uh, sometimes is to yeah, a lack of uh, humility and, uh, and is necessary always to integrate the communion in the local church. And also sometimes the, uh, a founder or a group of founders, they feel that they, they are a little too much superior, too, too much illuminated. And sometimes in the past, uh, some new communities or new movements, they struggled a lot with the place of the, the founder, so because he was like the, the, the master of all. So and uh, he... And it, 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 he introduced it sometimes a lack, a lack of freedom in the in the members of uh, that community. So, uh, so it's a it's a necessary uh, dialogue between uh, a new group, a new association, a new charisma with uh, the discernment of the church and the two thousand years of experience of the church. And so, that is possible. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Yeah, and and so what are what are some of what are some of the points or the things that somebody could glean from your book if they if they were to to get it and to read it if they're interested in in helping with their their community? Um, please say again. Within within the book that you have written, what what are some of the practical things that somebody would be able to to receive by reading it? Uh, 
Oh, so I give some practical um, orientations, first of all, of course, to the dialogue of the beach, but also um, looking looking what is really new in these new charisms, but also looking how to to receive a, uh, an approbation, a speech, uh, approbation from the, the, the local bishop, bishop. But also, for example, for ecclesial families, I wrote a chapter in, the, in my book about ecclesial families of consecrated life. Uh, so uh, sometimes in the, in the law, in the canon law of the church, they don't have, uh, it does not have an answer uh, to how to structure immediately some new realities, and for example, the Holy See, a uh, few years ago, in the year 2000, the years 2000, so they created for some new realities, what is the, what they call a, a new institute of consecrated life, it's not a religious community, but a new reality, and they call this uh, ecclesial family of consecrated life, because, for example, for the community of the Beatitudes, they was they in, in the Vatican. They was looking. Oh, how can we put the, your community in the in canon law? How you how we can follow you in a uh, in a specific way? And they created for us, but also for other communities, this new uh, title, this new institute of consecrated life, uh, with this name, ecclesial family of consecrated life, to bring it together under the same uh, authority, under the same uh, coordination, lay members, consecrated persons, and the priests also. So uh, uh, you see, we can see that uh, sometimes the uh, structures of the Church, or especially in canon law, does not have the immediate answer, because it's a really uh, new reality. But uh, with the discernment of the Church, uh, with the dialogue, uh, with uh, a good will, so it's possible to to see what's better and how to follow these realities. So the the Holy Spirit came. He visited. He he ra- raised you up as a new community. You didn't you didn't fit in any of the categories, and so yeah. the church received you. And through process of dialogue and working together, yes. they, they formed an entire new section of canon law in order to have proper governance. Yeah, uh, for your existence. Yeah, yeah. So especially, so sometimes it's possible to have an answer in the canon law. For example, a, a, a public as, association of faithful, for example, when it's only lay members. So this is possible. It, it's uh, already in the in the canon law. But for some new realities, we don't have an answer. And uh, so the ecclesial family, it's a new, um, uh, we can say a new canonical structure. Uh, that uh, the Holy See created, especially for some uh, special situations. Very good. Well, Father Nilsson, we appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. Uh, the name of his book is God's Ongoing Gifts to the Church, Issues Confronting Ecclesial Movements and New Communities. Uh, really helps to bring a new perspective to a lot of our listeners with uh, the background that you bring uh, from the community to which you belong, as well as uh, a lot of these uh, pastoral experiences that you have had. Uh, um, there, there's a there, there's an old country western song that says, "I've been everywhere," and your uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> your, your curriculum yeah. vitae sort of reminds me of that saying. So, I, I've been everywhere, and when I got there, Father Nielsen was already there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, Father. Thank you so much for your thank you for your time and uh, blessings to you and your ministry. 
Thank you, Father James and Father Jason. God bless you. Thank you, Thank you Father. Wonderful. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, so as we look forward, um, let's toss things down to uh, Aaron in Command Central with a preview of our next show. On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, your hosts will be Amanda Ellerkamp and Kelly Schneider coming to you live from Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. Their guests will include Father Justin Waltz, who will speak about being a priest, serving both God and country while in the military, and Monsignor Thomas Richter, who will discuss how we can see and know Jesus as a person rather than just an idea. All this and more is coming to you on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you, fathers. Thank you very much. Gosh, that's kind of like the the all-star lineup from the Diocese yeah. of Bismarck, isn't it? I guess I, did, I didn't tune into the reality that Father Justin has, was serving in the military. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so. yeah. He just recently uh, entered, I Oh, it's guess. a new thing. Okay. Yes, yes, new I frontiers. That, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because okay. uh, um, we know that uh, Monsignor Chad Guion has been uh, in the Guard for quite some yes, time yes. here. So, um, well, as we just have a couple minutes left here, uh, and thanks, uh, th- thanks very much, Aaron, for that. Um, tomorrow... There is a, uh, a memorial that uh, is especially dear to your heart. Oh my gosh, yes, yeah, huge. Oh, actually, it starts today, so we have St. Margaret of Scotland. What a lot of people don't know is that she originates from Hungary, the land of Hungary. Well, so I, I believe you're German-Russian by ancestry, is that correct? Yes, that's so correct. So I'm not German-Russian. I am German-Hungarian. Actually, I'm a geranium, which means my mom is 100% Ukrainian. My dad was German-Hungarian. That makes me a geranium. But anyway, ah, there you go. the Hungarian part of things, which is so underappreciated. So the, the St. Calendar right now is, is just big. So today, St. Margaret of Scotland, she's actually a saint from Hungary. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, is the it's the feast day of Leffer, North Dakota, the, the megatropolis of southwestern North Dakota. Dickinson yes. is its largest suburb. Right. Anyway, and, right. uh, other suburbs include like New England, Mott and Region, Gladstone, yeah. the... Right. The whole Sheffield, the, the, the hub city, man, it's hub city. Anyway, St. Elizabeth of Hungary is going to be our yeah. our, our great feast tomorrow, and mm-hmm. then she's the patron saint of, of Leffert, North Dakota. So. Remarkable when you look at her biography, all of the things that happened in such a short life. My favorite story, she is either portrayed often as carrying a basket of bread or of flowers, and uh, after her husband, uh, Ludwig the Landgrave of Thuringia, uh, passed away, um, what happened was that she was going to be bringing bread from the pantry to people and her father-in-law was enraged by this so he accosted her and and uh, was going to accuse her of it well when she pulled back the cloth over the basket there were flowers and so beautiful. god had to great, if you ever miraculously moved go to, to st elizabeth's church that. you'll see this beautiful image portrayed yep exactly so that's all we have for today all the time we have for real presence live today so on behalf of father jason Luffer, thanks to all of you for taking the time to listen and uh, be assured of our prayers for you and your families, and God bless you. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.